Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. All right, so I'm out and about, but there's something in my heart that I want to share with you. I need to tell you this. (laughs) I feel like you have got to know this for your own life, and it's personal. It's something I'm going through, and I don't know that I could ever script this. I'm just going to pour out to you in general, a little bit of where I'm at, because I want to speak the truth to you. I want to encourage you in this very thing, no matter how it applies in your life right now. I have been in a battle in my mind. Cue Joyce Meyer, right? Can you hear her voice? The battle is in my mind. And I have been... It's been so hard. What's been going on in my mind, regardless of all of the truth that I can speak to you, regardless of the tools and the strategies and the word of God, it we still get to places where it gets hard and we have to manage it. We're growing. We're running a race. We're, we're walking out our salvation. That's just what this is. We're not perfect yet. We're not Jesus. We are in process, in progress. This is how it is. And when your mind starts ruling your life and when what you believe is what you dwell on and your thoughts give you crazy feelings and It doesn't matter how real, how true the facts are. A true fact is still not the same as truth. And this is why the pearl practice is so massive to me. It's why I do it almost a daily basis. It's why I teach it to all my coaches. It's something we have to know how to do. We have to know how to go find the truth and stop relegating our lives to the true facts. And the true facts, they are the circumstances. They are the person who did that thing. They are that thing that happened to us. They are true. They did happen. It did. Even if it was unintentional, it still happened. You're still, you were still harmed. You were still hurt. You're still offended. But we either choose to live from the place of harm, hurt, and offense, or we decide not to. And that is the power of forgiveness. It is the power that we can daily put on the mantle of forgiveness over our minds. It's the helmet of truth. Uh, that, sorry, the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth. 
forget it. You know that the helmet has truth too, right? The bell's got some salvation in there. So it's, it's within our grasp to literally be able to function with the mind of Christ. We just have to decide to do it. And I have struggled for days to decide to do it. Yes, I am driving while I record this. You can hear all the cars and my car speeding up. My good little minivan chugging away. I, She's going to leave us next year. This is my plan. I don't need a minivan anymore. <laughs> Lord Jesus, pray for the new car. Um, yeah. I want to say that all of this points to something that I had a revelation about. If you would say to that mountain, be cast into the sea, if you just have a mustard seed of faith, it can be done. Okay. Have you ever practiced that? <laughs> because I've looked at some mountains and thinking, there's not even like a sea to move it to. <laughs> if we were going to take that super literal, <laughs> if we were really going to walk that one out, what would it look like, right? Here's what I think. Every time we look at a mountain and we say, the only way I have faith is if I actually truly believe and I, if that mountain literally picks itself up and it falls into the sea, which by the way, okay, grew up with Missouri mountains um, from Kansas City and the mountains in southern Missouri are not really mountains, but they call them Missouri mountains. They're just big hills. Yeah. Right? The Ozarks. But if you've seen other mountains in the world, these are not really mountains. But we will take it. And if you looked at any size of a mountain, even a very large hill, and you said, be cast into the sea. Well, from Missouri, you've got to go pretty far east or west to get to the sea. Right? And Truman Lake's got nothing on, you know, actually being a sea. And <laughs> I don't know. How do I get that mountain to go over there to the sea? Well, I don't. That mountain is a figurative mountain in our minds. It is in our thoughts. It's in our belief systems. It's in the paradigm that we are living in. If we look at something, if we look at in Southern Missouri, if we look at those hills in Southern Missouri and our perspective is that's a mountain because we've never seen anything bigger than that, then it's a mountain. But if you go to Estes Park, you'd be like, no, that's a mountain. But if you go to Nepal, you would say, Oh, that's a mountain. You know, it's a little bit like Crocodile Dundee when he pulls out the knife. There's a steak knife or something. He goes, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, that's not a mountain. This is a mountain. <laughs> but the reality is it comes from your paradigm. If you've determined in your perspective that's a mountain, then it is a mountain. It's your mountain. And you're going to either sit there in the valley at the foot of the mountain complaining about it, dividing it, cutting it up in your mind and never doing anything about it, or you're going to look at that mountain and tell it to be moved. And if 
what that does is in your mind, if you're in your paradigm, if you shift and decide to believe that that mountain is no longer the largest mountain in your, in your world, it's not going to be a hindrance. It's not going to be an obstacle, but it's actually going to build your strength and help you run a greater race. If you decide to move that mountain into a molehill, instead of making every molehill a mountain, that is faith that I am is with you. And when I am is with you, you are fill in the blank. You are capable. You are empowered. You are worthy. You are enough. You are loved. You are special. You're safe and competent. You are free. You are protected and provided for, and you have the peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what happens when you actually move the mountain. It's in your paradigm. That mountain is what you've decided to see. And it's what you've always been seeing sometimes. And you just keep choosing to see it that way. You keep choosing the perspective. And without deciding to go to the word, go to the Lord, and actually ask if that perspective is truth, not true fact. Is that perspective truth? Does it align with the truth of the gospel? The truth that your father speaks over you? Tell me which one it is. Is it true or is it truth? And it's really, really imperative for your personal growth, your spiritual life, and okay, every relationship you're ever going to be in and the rest of your life, your whole storyline. Let's just say it's the most important thing is that you learn to discern the, tr- the difference between true fact and truth because it's so powerfully, either in a positive or negative way, it so powerfully impacts your perspective and your paradigm. If your paradigm is focused in one direction, the only thing only person who can change that is you. God is the transformer. Yes, but you are the one with the free will that gets to choose to keep your true fact and be navigated by all of your circumstances, all of the events and all of the other people in the world. You either get navigated by that and pushed around by it, or you decide to line up with the truth and tell the true facts, tell the circumstances that you're going to push them around. They don't push you around anymore. And that's what we do in the pearl practice. We, we adjust the paradigm to line up with the truth. And we look at how, what's in your paradigm and your belief system. It is leading you to think thoughts, your mind life, your mindset, your, is your mind renewed? Is it lined up? Are you an orphan or are you adopted? Are you striving every day, all day long? Where are you? What do you believe in? Because it makes you think things. And it's not going to, if it's not the truth, it's not going to remind you to think on the things that the Bible tells you to think on, the things above, the things that are praiseworthy, the things that are truth. So when you're not thinking about truth, 
then you're not going to have emotions that bear good fruit. You're going to have more painful, harmful emotions that cause you to take actions to either capture emotions that help you to protect yourself, to self-protect, help you to um, manage and control your own soul life, and or you're going to try to you're going to try to avoid certain emotions like painful rejection, fear, um, sadness, negativity. Like maybe you just don't want to experience anything negative. You don't like hard things. So you avoid it and you take all the actions in order to avoid negative. Well, the problem is the Bible says that the world is great and terrible. Our lives are full of great and terrible. So we're going to get some negative. And negative is inside, not just outside, right? We're going to have to deal with that stuff. We have to give it some focus. We have to give it some time and attention and see why we're fighting to capture or avoid all of these emotions. Because our our capturing and avoidance of these emotions lead us to take actions that then get us the results we're getting. Well, if you want to be connected in a relationship, well, you have to take actions that actually bring connection which means you're going to have to identify what types of emotions you're trying to capture or avoid. And are they leading you to take the actions that actually get you the results of connection? And the, the things that you're trying to capture and avoid, the emotions you're trying to capture and avoid, well, they're determined by what you're thinking on. And if you're thinking that you're right or you're thinking that you're justified or you're thinking that you are better than somebody else, whatever it is, whatever your thought is, that person is always out to get me. Whatever you're thinking, it's determining what emotion is going to follow. Your brain interprets your thoughts and turns them into emotions that flow into your body. You experience emotions in your body. It's the other side of the coin from feelings. They are both and. They're connected. And your mind is informing your emotion. And your emotion is informing your action. Your actions giving you the results that you may or may not want. And the combination of your results, that's your legacy. So the legacy that you get at the end of the day is, you know, a healthy relationship or an unhealthy one, a strong bond or a weak one. You get a powerful story to leave your children or a not so powerful one. These are the options. We get the legacy that we create with our results, but it all traces back to What is that mountain in your mind that you have decided to yell at? (laughs) Because honestly, yelling at it in your mind just doesn't do anything. (laughs) So I have proven this because for three days, my body actually has been locked up physically by the intense emotion 
that has been coursing through my body. Like it all goes back to my mind has been focused on circumstances and true facts and perspectives. And I have been fighting to get truth in there. I've been really battling, praying, asking for prayer and really battling, doing the hard work to disseminate it all and get rid of the things that are hindrances to God's love so that I can get the truth. I have been doing that and it's still stinking hard. I'm mad, (laughs) mad about the hindrances. I am mad about the enemy. I am mad about thoughts that are attacking me, that sometimes the arrow sinks in and sometimes I get to it fast enough and other times I'm like, dang it, that's been there for days and I didn't get it pulled out yet. So it happens to the best of us. Sometimes it's three days, sometimes it's three months. I have been in periods of life where I have literally been surviving but in a depression for three and a half years living in Hawaii, which I know it's crazy. Sometimes you call something a problem and other people would call it a blessing because they would love to have that problem. And that's always one of them. People are always shocked when I say I was depressed for three and a half years, literal depression and just surviving. It was a very hard season of life, yet my eyes got to see amazing beauty all day, every day. But you know what? It did not matter because in my mind, I was lost. I was devastated. I was so alone and I was so depressed. I was so sad and I was hurt. And you know what? For me, when I get hurt, I get mad. I get really mad. It's an injustice to be hurt. And that makes me mad. So ask my family who put injustice in front of me. And uh, a new lady shows up. I don't know. <laughs> Who is that lady? <laughs> What's coming out of her mouth? <laughs> wow, she's a fighter. Can we ask her to sit down? Can we ask her to leave the restaurant? Actually, there's probably my pictures in restaurants. Uh, telling the hostess not to let me in. <laughs> Sorry. I told you this is going to be like a, a real, real me podcast episode. <laughs> so bless it. Um, that only happens when injustice rises up for me personally. I get, I I just, harm and hurt is not okay with me and it makes me very angry and I want to go after people. The warrior in me rises up. Most of the time I'm okay. Um, (laughs) just keep me at home and don't let me know about anything going on in the world. We'll be all all okay. (laughs) But what happens is if any of those things, they become a mountain in my mind, then I have to manage myself. I have to govern my thought life. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to let it block me? Am I going to let it hold me back? Am I, what am I going to do? Will I power through this? Will I take time and take it to the Lord? Is it going to the foot of the cross? Am I doing my due diligence to like really bring this to the Lord and and work it out with him? Am I forgiving again and again and again and again because forgiveness is for me? It breaks my chains and it doesn't make the true facts go away. It doesn't change the circumstances. 
it doesn't even change the other person that I'm forgiving. It just breaks the chains so I can live. And it's imperative. Forgiveness daily. You know, we all have to work it out. We can forgive ourselves. We sometimes need to forgive God. And all of this actually is happening inside of our paradigm. Who we are, it's happening in the container of our soul. And our soul life with all of our paradigm and our thoughts, our imaginations, our emotions, and our will, they can be led by the spirit within us, Emmanuel. When that spirit that is actually alive and and has been born in us when we accepted Jesus, when it rises up and we give it a place to be the leader, to lead our soul, to be when the spirit inside of us is leading our thought life, leading our imaginations, the things we get, we, we envision, and the things that we feel, and the thing in our will, the decisions and the commitments we make, the actions we take, when our spirit is leading us, we are thriving. And it is so fruitful, and it is so powerful. And the way that we get there is so, so simple. That mustard seed of faith is simply believing. Okay, the word's true. I don't know how it works. I don't know how to get that mountain into that sea. And I know that that mountain is not as big as some mountains, but it's the one that is in front of me. But I'm told that I can move it. And that mustard seed of faith is literally just knowing that the word says that a mustard seed of faith is enough. It's knowing that God is with us to move that mountain, to cast it, to, to cause it to break, to fall apart, to no longer be in front of us, to no longer be an obstacle. Even if that mountain never moves, even if it stays right there, it is not a mountain in front of us that's holding us back and hindering us when we decide to follow the Lord because he's actually taking us to the summit of the mountain or he's putting us on a path that will take us around the mountain and we will get to the other side. Just, we don't need to move a mountain. We just need to not have a mountain blocking us. That mountain needs to no longer be our obstacle and our hindrance. We need to be able to face it and say, bring it. Bring it, Mr. Mountain. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Deborah said. Let's go up the mountain. You know, we're going to win this battle. Bring it, Mr. Mountain and all you enemies. <laughs> that's what she said in her mind. And she changed the song a little bit when she wrote a song. But anyway, I'm encouraging you to look at what's in front of you. What are you calling a problem and why do, do you want to keep it a problem or do you actually want to look at it and go, I'm going to solve you today. You don't get to keep hindering me. You don't get to keep being a thorn in my side. I'm going to, I'm going to work this out and I'm going to do it literally by doing the work of managing my mind, self-governance 
leading my soul, letting my spirit rise up to lead my soul, and walking with the Lord in this. I encourage you to to just, whatever you're facing, whatever has locked you up, whatever has chained you to it, whoever has chained you to them, however you have chained yourself, all of those chains can be broken. There's one simple word, the most powerful word in all of the universe, all of creation is Jesus. And he's the guy. So bring it, Mr. Mountain, because Mr. Jesus is coming with me, right? You can break the chains intentionally looking at it. Yes, just say in the name of Jesus, so powerful. But you bring your intention and your agreement with the Spirit of God. And you agree to no longer have that chain. Then that's when the name of Jesus breaks it. Not just Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then all the chains are broken. No, you have to partner with the Lord. You have to shift and decide in your paradigm, in your thought life, in your belief system, and shift your perspective to see with God's eyes. What does he see? He sees those chains and he sees how easily they are broken if you want to break them. But you can stay inside of a prison cell and not have any chains and the doors can be open and you can still be a prisoner because you're staying. You have to make the decision to change the story. If the story you're living in is not a great story, if it's not a story that is empowered by the spirit within you, if it's not what God wants for you, then leave that story. Go write a new one. You are a story maker. You are made in the image of the most high story maker. So you have story making within you. This is how you do it, friend. Decide today that you're not going to keep those chains and you know exactly how to break them. You're not going to be threatened by that mountain anymore. You're going to take that mountain. Decide that your problem is really, it's, it's a weighty resistance that's growing you. It's building up your strength. And that this is possible. You can do this. Because why? Well, because when you believe all things are possible, then we know this. I'm going to keep reminding you. Bless you, friend. Talk to you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.